You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a major edition of Dialed In. It's the 149th Open Championship at Royal St. George's. I am speaking to you from the media centre at Sandwich. Ensconced in his office is NCG's form expert, Barry Plummer, to take you through all his runners and riders for the final major of the year. Welcome, Barry. Afternoon, Steve. I must say I'm very jealous of your current location. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, so we probably should just move on. Um, <laughs> do you think this is the best week of the year then in golf? I mean, obviously, it's the world's oldest major. It's the one. So the Open will tell us. I mean, is it a special event for you above all others? Yeah, yeah, it's my favourite major, it goes without saying. I mean, you know, the American uh, major championships are great and we all get a, a really big buzz off of them. But, you know, when it comes back to, to home soil for us over here in Britain and we get to see some really great links golf on some really, really tough golf courses, I think it's uh, a joy to behold when it eventually comes around. Yes, it's it's not so much a joy at the moment. It is absolutely tipping down um, here at RSG and has been for a couple of hours now. Um, it rained heavily um, overnight Sunday into Monday as well. And uh, for a course that's already on the green side, if you uh, talk to people associated with the club. Um, How do you think that will impact this championship? We're used to firm and fast, aren't we? And we're not going to get that this week. Yeah, it may play into the hands a little bit of some of the longer hitters, maybe, you know, maybe slowing it down on the the fairways and stopping it from running off into the rough, maybe. Um, You know, we're we're expecting all of the top players now, if you look at the top of the market, they're all players who can hit the ball well, um, really good ball strikers, a lot of them with good distance as well. So it's going to be a really tough one to pick from. But um, I did notice an interesting uh, uh, tweet from Bubba Watson after he revealed he wasn't going to be able to come over and play, saying he was hoping that the heavens would open and the wind would get up and we'd get in for a a really strong showing this week. So it looks like it's delivering. Yeah, what do you make of Royal St George's? Some people consider it to be England's best course. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's it's one of those which really does test all aspects of your game, I suppose. Um, it obviously, it's the, the sort of exposed links that we're um, used to seeing. But then you've also got this really perilous rough, which, you know, if you're in it, it's very unpredictable. You, you, you're never really going to know your light till you get there. And uh, the greens being typically quite slow um, and with those really difficult shaved runoff areas mean that even, if you're even millimetres out on your approach play, you're going to be punished and it's going to be difficult to get up and down. And that's where we're going to see some really interesting scores posted. I mean, some of these bunkers are absolutely brutal. Himalaya on the fourth is obviously the one that everybody talks about. And um, NCG editor Alex Perry and myself had a little peek at that this afternoon. And you'll see that in a piece, hopefully, on Tuesday. I mean, that is just one of an absolute series of horrible traps, whether they're little pots, whether they're huge things to get out of. You really want to avoid the bunkers here at all costs. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of the ball strikers at the top end of the market. I mean, you're looking at players there who um, will will peel the ball away from those, uh, those, those areas that you want to miss, I suppose. And actually, they're all going to be aiming to do that. But as we know, Lynx golf is unpredictable. And uh, if they do find themselves in those traps, then 
it is going to be really difficult for them to make the scores they want to make. And if we can uh, see some some people up against the face and things like that, then it's all the extra drama that we expect from a, uh, a Lynx Open Championship. And of course, that can go right to the wire, as Thomas Bjorn found um, to his cost um, at a previous Open at Royal St George's as well in the 16th. Is it 2003? Uh, it may well have been, yeah. The last one was 2011, wasn't it? That was Darren Clark. Yeah. Yeah, but stay out of them. <laughs> that is yeah, the um, essentially, yeah, yeah that, that that's the one the one thing that everyone's going to be aiming to do, I suppose. Well, you mentioned the market earlier on, so let's get into it. And the overwhelming favourite um, with the odds makers at the moment is the Spaniard and world number one John Rahm, as uh, short as seven to one in some places with the uh, traders. A huge gap um, when you consider um, major company that he's keeping. Huge gap next to Brooks Kepka as high as 18 to one with some of the traders. Rory McIlroy then next at 18s alongside Jordan Spieth, Xander Shoffley getting 20 to one, 22 to one for Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas. And as we get further down the line towards Louis Ooster, isn't it? 35 to one, given his major performances this year, that might attract a few. Bryson DeChambeau, 35 to one as well. Be interesting to see how he takes on Roll St. George's this week. I mean, uh, no surprise, um, Barry and John Rahm being the big favourite. He is the man in form. He's obviously won the US Open. Um, he's been playing uh, consistently very good golf now for, for quite a while, uh, stretching back to uh, when he had to withdraw from Memorial. I mean, do you think he is the justifiable favourite? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, it really is going to take a lot to oppose John Rahm, I suppose. The only thing really that's maybe difficult in terms of backing him is his price. It's really short. Um, and as we mentioned previously in an open championship on a Lynx course, you can't really take anything for granted. Um, John Rahm was brilliant last week in Scotland, uh, which would have been great preparation for this event. Um, and if John Rahm plays, you know, a similar standard to his US Open win and, and in Scotland last week, he's going to be there or thereabouts again. And, you know, that's why some people will be um, jumping on the favourite for, for this year's edition. Is he easy to oppose for you? Easy to oppose is not the right word, but I mean, is there better value out there in your opinion? Yes, uh, I think there is. I mean, his, his previous Open Championship record is is okay, I suppose. His best finish was last time out um, in 2019. Uh, but yeah, when you look down further down the market, I mean, Bryson DeChambeau at 35 to one, as you mentioned, at best prices. If if it gets soft and he can play. Um, you know, use his length to his advantage. I think that, you know, that could be very, very big. I think Dustin Johnson is someone who's played well here previously, even though it was sort of 10 years ago um, and was former, obviously, world number one. We, when we were talking about the Masters uh, the time before, I couldn't oppose him. So it's only six, you know, it's only, what is it, eight, nine months later on. So, I mean, yeah, that's a big price for Dustin Johnson as well. And obviously my headline selection, which I know you'll get onto in a minute, um, I think is really great value in that sort of top of the uh, market as well. You, you talked a little bit about the weather there. That's obviously notoriously unpredictable with the British summer and on a Lynx course. I mean, as I've, I've said a couple of times now, you know, as we speak, it's absolutely tipping down here. Um, but that is the only rain forecasted for the week. And then as we get into Saturday and Sunday, if the forecast holds, it's going to be spectacular, very warm, very sunny. So, I mean, how do you think that will play out across the week in terms of how the course plays? 
Yeah, and that, that's the, again the thing I suppose about having to be a really rounded player in you know in your in your game and, and being able to adapt. Links form is going to be really important, and players who've got lots of really good links form are going to show that they can manage the different conditions really well, and it's not going to be one really high round followed by one really low round or vice versa. Um, so again, I mean, I'd be really surprised if somebody with very little Open Championship form came out and won this. Um, and you know, when you're looking at players, I know that it's speculative and they're a big price, but you're looking at players like Ian Poulter last week, who I put up for the US Open, um, and he put in a good good display, and then last week went and finished runner-up um, at the uh, in Scotland Scottish Open. I think that you know that experience is going to count here, and I think that you're going to not go far wrong if you try and follow that and um, see where it goes. Yeah, as big as 80 to 1, uh, Ian Poulter, in some places, and as low as 55 in others. Now, um, that's depending largely on the each-way place terms that you take. I mean, you can get up to 11 places, obviously, with it being a major week, but you can get as low as 4 or 5 if you want to take a bit more, uh, a bit bigger price, if you're absolutely certain, um, with some fewer places. We've probably jabbered on enough now um, without getting on to your headline selection. So let's take the banker this week. Um, You've kind of mentioned him earlier on. He had a very good week uh, along with Ram at uh, Renaissance last week. So give us your best bet for the Open Championship, please. Yeah, it's Justin Thomas. I was really surprised to see him at this price, actually, because he's been playing some really good golf recently, although he had a little bit of a sort of a, a lull by Justin Thomas' standards, I suppose, which for anyone else is still very, very good golf. Um, he came back out in Scotland last week and obviously was eighth, a really good final round to put himself right up there. Um, like Rahm, his, his Open Championship form is, you know, hit and miss and his best finish was actually last time out in 2019. Um, and I just think that, you know, when you're looking at Justin Thomas and you're getting a, a price above 20 to 1, it's difficult to oppose taking that on especially with 11 places on offer at some places because actually even on a you know in each way um bet then you're still getting four or five to one depending on your your um place odds and actually i think that that's really good value in itself and you know i i don't usually take each way bets on my banker but i will be doing with justin thomas because he's you know one of my big bets this week i think he's got um a great opportunity when you look at his recent golf in the last 12 months even um, ranks third for strokes gained tee to green and fourth for strokes gained total. He is one of those well-rounded, consistent players who can do everything when he's got it all firing. And I think that he would be dangerous to oppose this week if he turns up and has a good opening round. Yeah, he won the PGA Championship, obviously, in 2017. That is his only major to date. It's about time he won another one. Yeah, definitely. I think that he's promised a lot, hasn't he? And actually, you know, he wants to be up there um, competing with the, the best in the world and he is one of the best in the world but I'm sure he'll be looking at John Rahm and, and thinking hang on a sec John Rahm's world number one he's just won the US Open you know everybody's talking about you know him being the hottest player on the planet right now and there will be an element there of you know I suppose not envy but wanting to match that and I think that that will help to raise not only his game but the other players around him as well. Yeah moving on then from your headline selection we go on to an Olympian yeah, Tommy Fleetwood, um, 33 to 1 with Bet365. He's a player who, um, you know, was very unlucky, I think, in 2019 to run into Shane Lowry, you know, home favourite um, in red hot uh, form, performance absolutely brilliant in really difficult conditions. And, you know, he, he might find it, think himself unlucky to have not got himself his first major championship there. 
Um, but he's, he's on a high at the moment, as you mentioned. He's been invited to represent Team GB at the Tokyo Olympics, which um, by his, um, his tweet the part the other day, he's obviously very, very proud of. Um, and I think that, you know, Tommy Fleetwood is another player who's promised um, at, at competitions like the Open Championship um, to do it so many times. And I think that sooner or later it's going to happen. And, and I often side with Tommy at the Open um, and I will continue to do so this time, hoping that it will be his uh, opportunity this time round. Yeah, his record's improving, isn't it? I mean, he missed his first three cuts. Then he finished tied 27th at Birkdale. Now, there was an awful lot of pressure on him at Birkdale because it was considered to be his home open. Obviously, he's from Southport and he struggled the first couple of days and then finished strongly. Carnoustie in 2018, he finished tied 12th. And then, obviously, you've talked about um, his runner-up uh, to Shane Lowry at Port Rush. So, you know, he's trending in the right direction in this tournament. Yeah, he is. And actually, when you look at his recent form as well, um, in comparison to his Open Championship form, that his performance was better than what the, the 26th place suggested last week in Scotland. Um, he, he put in some really good performances and really good golf. And actually, it was quite a bunch leaderboard up at the top. Um, and actually, I think when you look at his recent performances, he is trending in the right direction there as well, apart from maybe the odd blip. Um, He's a frustrating player because we all know the quality he possesses and sometimes the consistency is what lets him down. But if you can get him um, flipping that table slightly to the to the Birkdale script, I suppose, and starting off with two good opening rounds, that might buoy him on to a strong weekend and potentially a, a first major championship. Yeah, and playing Lynx golf is not something that he has to adjust to. He was obviously brought up on it. He continues to live around that area. I think he's a member of Hillside. Um, as well as, I think, form all. So he plays a lot of this kind of golf in his practice. Yeah, and I mentioned uh, earlier on that that sort of experience is invaluable around here. But just being able to manage the wind conditions in itself is going to be so important for the players. Um, and the, the fact that they are so unpredictable and changeable, you've got very unpredictable bounces and lies and the rough and things like that. All these factors which players may not necessarily adjust very well to he as you mentioned doesn't really need to adjust it's something that he enjoys and something that he is used to doing so uh, yeah I think he's a, an interesting one in that category just below the top of the market so uh, each week we ask you to produce a long shot as well and your long shot this week is 60 to 1 with bet 365 um, interestingly I was actually there um, when he became the first player to card uh, first male player to card a 62 in a major championship. I was actually following him for the last six holes, a historic occasion. Um, I've given half of the game away there, but why don't you reveal who it is, Barry, and tell us why you fancy him this week? Yeah, so I've gone for Brandon Grace. The price is around 60 to 1. Um, I mentioned a few uh, pods of back that, you know, South African golf is in a great place at the moment, and that obviously was backed up by the fact that Ustazen went and finished second at the US Open. Um, I very nearly... Went through his days and again, um, based on his two previous major form, uh, major appearances. But actually, Brandon Grace is much better value and he's a really good links player. Um, he knows how to manage wind conditions. As I mentioned, he knows how to play um, from the various different lies and his putting's really good on these slower surfaces. Um, he's got a, a relatively good open championship finish. He was sixth back in 2017. Um, and his recent form, he's had a fourth place and a seventh place in his last three starts. He did play in Scotland last week, so you know a little bit of uh, an opportunity to shake off any rust uh, back over in the UK. Uh, he's, he's a classy player, and he seems to be having a very good season, uh, and at that sort of price with 11 places on offer, I think that he's one that you can sort of bank on to be 
um, pretty dependable and hopefully there or thereabouts by Sunday. Yeah, you're hoping, aren't you, that he'll get into the frame. You're not necessarily confident that he will close it out. Yeah, I mean, for me, if, it, if I'm being honest, I, I expect the winner to come from the top end of the market just because the class at that end of the market is so strong. Um, and if you're going to get a bigger price winner, then, you know, it is going to be somewhat of a shock, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Brandon Grace definitely is a, an each way bet. He's a, he's a really strong one. Um, I probably wouldn't be backing him uh, just to win. But, you know, with 11 placed on offer, you've got every chance of getting a good return that way. We also ask you to shrug your shoulders each week and just pick one at a huge price who might do us a turn and cash in on some of these really big each way offers that we're getting from some of the bookies this week. I was surprised um, about the price of your final selection because um, I noted that he was very close on a leaderboard recently. Yeah, Alex Norrin. I mean, you're getting a three-figure prize on Alex Norrin. I think, you know, around about 100 to 1, 110 to 1. And actually, he's a bit of an open championship specialist, really, when you look at his form. He's he's had uh, his last few starts, 11th, 17th, 6th. He's got a ninth place um, a little while further back as well. But as you mentioned recently, he was fourth uh, two starts ago. And he's starting to show some really good recent form. He's been 13th. He's been in the top 21. Uh, three times in his last seven, eight or nine visits uh, to, to the various PGA Tour venues. And I think that when you look at Alex Norrin at, at that sort of price, he is uh, somebody who's got that Ryder Cup experience. He's got plenty of links experience. Um, and actually, he, I would put him probably in the same sort of bracket, as I mentioned, with, with Ian Poulter and players like that, who just are very savvy around this type of golf course. Um, and, you know, again, is he going to win the Open Championship? It'd be great if he did, and you know it would be a little bit of a surprise as well. But at a three-figure price with 11 places on offer, I think you can't really go much further wrong uh, than a player that has got some really, really strong Open Championship form and knows how to do it around these types of courses. Yeah, tied ninth at Royal Liven when early Ls famously won, and then tied sixth at um, Birkdale, obviously when Spieth performed his heroics. So. Um, they are four principal selections. Let's talk about a couple of others in the market while we should. Um, inevitably, um, Rory McIlroy will come up. Um, he is currently uh, third favourite. Uh, prices ranging from around 14 to 1 to 20 to 1. I mean, he, he still looks to me to be in rebuild mode. And while things might be trending in a reasonable direction, have you seen enough from the last couple of weeks to make you confident at that kind of price? I was really close to um, to putting some money on McIlroy for this event, but I wanted to hold off and wait and see how he was getting on, um, especially actually when he came over to um, to his most recent event, I suppose. And actually, his, his recent form sort of let him down a little bit um, with a 59th and a missed cut. And as you said, you mentioned, I think he still is in that transition phase. And I wouldn't be surprised if he went and, uh, and won this event, but I'm not confident enough on him to put my money there. Um, and I think maybe we're looking at you know, another 12 months of seeing Roy McIlroy develop um, and and continue to rebuild back to where he was. And maybe this time next year, we'll be saying something totally different. Yeah, Dustin Johnson had a huge chance here in 2011 to chase down Darren Clark. But unfortunately, I think put his second out of bounds on the 14th hole, which kind of ended his chances back then. But clearly, he showed then that he likes the course. He's got a couple of... Um, of Open Championship top 10s since then, but um, didn't do too much at Rollport Rush, tied 51st. What do you think about the former world number one? 
Yeah, I mean, if you if you were to tell me, sort of maybe uh, at Christmas, that Jordan Spieth would be a shorter price than Dustin Johnson at the Open Championship this year, I would have been absolutely gobsmacked because at the time, Dustin Johnson was the the hottest player in the world, and, and you know we were all raving about how well he was playing, and you know Jordan Spieth was still in a little bit of a lull, I suppose. But Dustin Johnson hasn't had you know the greatest of uh, of runs this this calendar year, but is still in his last three events, finished tenth, nineteenth, and twenty uh, fifth. So you know he's, he's he's got the class, we know he has, and he's he's coming back to some sort of reasonable form. So again, I think that is a big price for Dustin Johnson, and you know it may well be this is the sort of event because you are getting. Um, good value on some of these market leaders that you you maybe ignore slightly lower down the market and change your tactics slightly and pick two or three of the uh, the market favourites where you get the value and just uh, hope that you're going to get um, a decent return for your each way bets and hopefully sneak a winner. So what about the fortunes then of Lee John Westwood? Um, what do we think about him? He obviously played really well at Renaissance last week. He's been in good form. For much of the season, um, primed by those back-to-back second-place finishes on the PGA Tour earlier in the season. Um, he is 48, obviously, but um, Phil has shown that the older timers, if he doesn't mind me calling him that, can get it done in major championships. I mean, do you fancy him? He's, he's, he's 60 to 1 in, in some places. Yeah, I mean, what better place to do it than to go and get it in an Open Championship, I suppose, for, for Lee. Uh, you know, he's had some really good, strong Open Championship finishes, third place, fourth place. Um, his recent form is, you know, pretty average, if I'm honest. Um, but he's the sort of player who likes to G himself up for these big events. We, we saw that earlier in the year when playing a couple of the big PGA Tour events, his form skyrocketed because, you know, he, he's one of those sorts of players who does really get up for those types of challenges. Um, and, you know, he's, he's got lots to play for. He's, he's somebody who's really wanting to, to close out a major championship before he, before he stops playing and somebody who, um, you know, has definitely got the talent to do so. So at that sort of price, yeah, I mean, there will definitely be each way back for Lee Westwood, but not for me this week. Yeah, he didn't have a great weekend, but he was there or thereabouts at Renaissance, wasn't he, after the first couple of rounds? And that might convince some people that he is coming back to form. Anyone else in the market catch your eye? I mean, I know you can get 100 to 1 for Phil Mickelson to do the um, PGA Championship Open Championship double. Um, Ian Poulter, as we talked about earlier, as high as 80 to 1. Christian Bazin, how you've been quite hot on him. Various points this year, up to 90 to 1. Is there anyone out there that you haven't selected in your top four bets that almost got in? Yeah, th- this player missed out on my sort of why not big big odds bet simply just because of what I mentioned earlier on about needing maybe um, some open championship experience to to challenge at the top end of this event. Uh, Guido Migliozzi has been fabulous recently. Really, really great young golfer. He's going to um, definitely win lots of, of, of tour events and, and hopefully majors in the future. But um, his, his recent form is much better than the 175 to 1 in some places that you're getting on Migliozzi. And as I mentioned, 11 places. That, for me, is worth a small each-way bet, just uh, on the off chance that he'll sneak into that top 11. He has no open championship forms. His first start, um, you know, it may go one, it may go the other way. But uh, for me, I think he's an exciting and interesting young player who's definitely worth following and keeping an eye on this week. Yeah, I actually got the chance to uh, have a look at him a couple of swings before the rain started tipping down earlier on. He looked to be swinging quite nicely, so... uh, 
Um, might be a bonus fifth selection there for you, Barry. Well, thanks very much for taking us through the um, your, your four main selections and obviously a bonus selection there. Presumably you're going to be back throughout the week giving us some first round bets perhaps and some other markets as the championship rolls on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You can expect to find them at my uh, column at ncg.com. Yeah, as you quite rightly said there, you can uh, get all of Barry's tips in much more detail in his weekly column at nationalclubgolfer.com. Uh, best of luck, Barry, with all your tips this week. Thanks very much, Steve. Enjoy your time. And if you're following Barry in, please remember to gamble responsibly. Best of luck. Hope the Open works out for you. The final major of the year, the best major of the year as well. We'll see you next time on Dialed In. Cheers.